the Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Welcome to the Big Bets on Campus, the new BCS version of the podcast. Why the new BCS? Brett Collins Stuckey. First reported by our own Brett McMurphy. Brett McMurphy is sources. Hey, Lane. Colin Wilson with the Action Network. Before last season, the record for fourth down attempts was 46. Well, thank you. I did not know we set a record. Yeah, I'm Scott Van Pelt. Thank you so much. It's exciting finish. Sorry, Stuckey. Just a good 30 minutes of my two friends and I hanging out with me, the elite Brett McMurphy, who has, I think, went undefeated on our Saturday show. McMurphy, you monstrous erection, you. Uh, Stucky and I battling through the day on the Action app. Gentlemen, how are you? Doing Brett, good. You uh, how are you? I bet you hold holding yeah. up in Tampa. With the, with the, yeah, doing good. Uh, yeah, I live in Tampa. If you guys don't know, Hurricane is headed that way. Um, as of Monday night, we're good. Um, hopefully, Hurricane Ian will resemble the Miami hurricanes and that it will sputter and fizzle at the end and not live up to expectations. So fingers crossed for that. Well, you know, I think it's proper that it's going to turn into a category four. Isn't four the number you had in Miami and your preseason AP top 25. I, that's a pretty good number, right? Uh, Touche. Yes, it was. You but it was six it, and oh. yeah, I had to get you, you being six and oh, I know you're coming in hot. Uh, at least it's not a category 25, which is where I ranked Nebraska too in the preseason. <laughs> um, but hey, this news happened last week, so I have a quick question. A 21-year-old Utah student, a female, was arrested after she threatened to detonate a nuclear reactor located on campus if the Utes lost to San Diego State last week. She was booked into jail. Fortunately, Utah won 35-7. Everybody's safe. My question to you guys is, what SEC fan base is the most unhinged that you would fear if they had a nuclear reactor at their disposal? To me, this is easy, right? I mean, like just football because it would be Kentucky. Yeah, for just basketball. football. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, this is football. Want, you wouldn't want a related. nuclear reactor around here when uh, Kentucky lost to St. Peter's. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I, football, I mean, an, football, an Alabama only. fan, an Alabama fan poisoned all the oak trees at Tumors Corner, right? I, can we think of a more heinous? There, I mean, listen, we have an Arkansas fan that bit the nose, the flesh. The nose. And this guy was a chief operating officer, right? And we've had other instances of fights and people being held at gunpoint after losses. But to have the balls to go poison a bunch of oak trees? Like, is, is there something worse in the SEC that's happened off the field after a loss? I'm, I'm saying Arkansas. Uh, we heard a voicemail <laughs> this weekend from an Arkansas fan saying, an endless life of pain. That's what it's like being an Arkansas fan. It's just a Endless life of pain. Endless life of pain. Every sport, every season, doesn't matter. We suck. I hate it. So if there was an access to nuclear reactor, 
you don't want someone with an that suffering through an endless life of pain to be anywhere near something like that. So I'm going, I'm going Arkansas and Colin, are, is it more endless pain this weekend or is there a shot that Arkansas to do this? I don't know if Bama's back. They played in middle schoolers the past couple of games. Well, at a very high level, and I know you and I will cover it later this week. 17 is way too high. There's a 17 and a half out there right now. I don't, and we're supposed to hit it. it, it the numbers way inflated. And when you think about this, Arkansas had a 70% post-game win expectancy against Texas A&M. I mean, that K.J. Jefferson Superman from the four-yard line changed everything. But Arkansas, by all means, everywhere except for the scoreboard, won that game. So why should this number open up inflated, get inflated even more? I mean, we have to play Arkansas, not just to be contrarian, but the number's just wrong. So I'm going to play it. And then on Thursday, hopefully we can justify it. And to be honest... I don't believe in Alabama's trenches yet. And that's the one area where you can attack Arkansas. So I think they'll be okay. That's, you know, we're going to do it. I'm just still worried about their secondary without Catalan. But oh, yeah. they, they held up okay against Texas A&M. But now I know the Texas A&M offense is bad. Uh, Miss State this weekend, by the way. Um, we know what that's going to be. Texas A&M lost their best receiver, <laughs> by the way, too. But yeah, um, yeah I'm afraid of this, this secondary against Alabama, but. Because Alabama's looked so good the past weekends, but it's been Vandy, ULM, like they're, they're 50 point favorites. So, yeah, I agree. 17, taking the 17. Yeah, but we know Brett's going to be holding up the roll tide uh, sign on, on Saturday to probably to end the show. Well, clearly. Uh, I can neither confirm or deny that. I don't want to tip everybody on my picks after, you know, going 6 0 last week. Uh, as far as me with the nuclear reactor, you guys left out two obvious schools for me, and that's, that's Auburn and Tennessee. Fan bases. And also administrations that have literally ran their head coaches out based on the actions of their fan bases. Um, but I agree, Colin, poisoning a tree. That's uh, I'll give Harvey Updike by a nose at the end. Um, last week, we talked about hot seats, coaches that were going to get fired. We basically said Jeff Collins is done. Carl Durrell is gone. Brian Harson is gone. Jeff Collins gets fired on Monday. So who do you guys think is next to not make Dion. it through the season? Durrell, yeah, that, that, that's or, Operation Dion though, right? Uh, if he want, if he wants it, uh, which we don't know what he wants. I think Dion will be in a Power 5 school next year. No, but what I'm saying he, from a Georgia Tech perspective, that's Operation well, Dion. Well, I, I actually talked to a source earlier today. They said that, again, they're not at the school, but they know the school. They said pump the brakes on Dion because – it is an academic – they actually care about academics at Georgia Tech. And I'm not saying sure. Dion doesn't, but they – I'm not certain if they want to go that route. But obviously, Dion would be a home run hire with all of the NIL. Just, you know, there's one other guy that does a commercial with the GOAT, Nick Saban, selling insurance, and that's Dion. So he would have a huge impact. But I agree, Stucky. I think you got to look at him. I just don't know what the powers to be can wrap their head around that. Is there a, an alum, is there a fan base capable of spending the kind of dollars that most of the the blue chip power five programs do on NIL on it, just everything from a team perspective? I know it's in downtown Atlanta. Uh, like if Dion comes in, you're going to want to spend around him to make sure everything goes all right. Is Georgia Tech set up to do that? No, but when you bring Dion in, that's changed. That changes everything. Yeah, it changes everything. And anyone that may have concerns about his coaching background and all that stuff. Look, the guy, pretty decent player. 
you know, in college and in the NFL. I think he can figure it out. And he can't get much worse than what it's been. Right. And he can also hire guys that can, you know, that can kind of uh, X and O it if he perceives that as a weakness. But you're right, Stuck. It was, God, tech was just awful. And it's, you look at Carl Durrell in in Colorado. That's got to be next. First well, team, first look team at this, 50 years, Final five yeah. games at first four games by 25 plus. And you look at the schedule at Arizona this week, and then you have 20 a 20 point dogs at Arizona. You have, you have a bye next week. Perfect setup. Um, Brian Harson has got LSU, and it's not easy. LSU, well, Missouri wasn't easy. LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, their bye's not till October 22nd. And I don't know if you spell bye, B Y E or B U Y. With our with Auburn, but I don't see we we nailed it last week with Collins. I don't like being right about that, but I don't see how either of these guys last through the season. Yeah, it's it's over for for both. Yeah, Colorado is sad. I actually I think nineteen fifty seven Indiana was the last time a Power Five team lost by twenty five plus in their first uh, four games. They're not I mean, they're getting they're getting destroyed. Um, it's embarrassing. I mean, I would rather watch the the Broncos offense than the Colorado offense, and that's saying something. <laughs> By the way, the state of offense is in the state. Colorado State is a disaster too. Um, but yeah, that, I was going to point to Colorado. It is that's a proud program too, um, and they are they are. I mean, they're, they're catching twenty or whatever the line is at Arizona this week. Uh, that's bad. So yeah, they're they've just been consistently embarrassed. You got to think Brian Harson's getting up there, though, right? I mean, that was not a glorious game against Missouri whatsoever. They should. But they got the win. That probably buys them like another week or two. And yeah, yeah. but but then again, guys, remember the new college football, and Brett knows this. We're now firing people in mid October in case they might make a bowl, right? I mean, it used to be like, oh, if you make six wins and you make a bowl, you're going to keep your job. Now we're firing people. So who was it that got fired at four and three last year? So, uh, you know, if these administrators have already made, it, made up their mind that they're going to go a different direction, maybe that win doesn't mean so much. I think the question I have for Brett, how bad does Northwestern have to be before Pat Fitzgerald is really on a hot seat? Never. Never. Yeah, Stucky's yeah. right. I mean, he's built up so much equity there. And, yeah, this is a horrible season, and he would be the first to admit that. Um, look, if they string together two consecutive years of 1-11, and 2-10, and 10, whatever they end up this year – then I think they would really take a hard look at it and not necessarily firing him, but m- maybe saying, Hey, are you ready to move on? Kind of let him go on, on his own. It, it's funny though. I've, I've talked to Pat a number of times in the past. He had multiple chances to go to the NFL, yeah, NFL, yeah. And, but he stayed, he stayed at Northwestern. He's loyal to Northwestern. They just, you know, recently built that new um, football facility right there on the lake. That's beautiful. But, you know, he's got a lot of challenges similar to Georgia Tech where academics actually matter. That limits your uh, the pool of players that you can bring in. Yeah, yeah. definitely not a good start for him. Uh, you know, pivoting Wait, off. Can we, can we break the news, though, that Brett ranked Kansas? I know we already yeah, broke it yeah. on the show. We'll get, we, we'll get to that in, in uh, Sources Stumper. I've got a whole whole bit around Kansas being ranked Okay, for you guys. That That's fantastic. Uh, favored and boy, oh, boy. Yeah. The market's going against them this week. That's going to be interesting. Uh, sort of a fishy number there on the board that's getting some uh, wild support. What about – Brett, I'm going to pivot over to your bowl, uh, your bowl projections. Cincinnati's come in as the group of five. They'd be a projected two-and-a-half-point favorite over Washington in the Cotton Bowl. And, and you know, I look, 
<laughs> yeah. Watch them score a lot of points there. But going up to your semifinals, you've got Ohio State and Alabama going to the Fiesta Bowl, and you've got Georgia and Michigan, a semifinal we just saw, going to the Peach Bowl, essentially a home game there for Georgia. Michigan right now is probably going to be the team, even you know, even though the close call with Maryland, they're going to get, you know, probably have two touchdowns returned on defense by Iowa this weekend, but still win the game. Michigan's probably going to hold this four spot until the end of the year. Would you agree? Like, even if, if they even have close calls, are they going to hold this four spot? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're going to get to 11 and 0. Ohio State's going to get to 11 and 0, and then they play that game. I think the loser of that game gets the number four seed, unless, wait, hold on, breaking news. Uh, somebody just committed another turnover against USC. Unless USC continues their turnover luck and they run the table or they go 12 and one, that's the only way I think an outside of the big four gets into the playoff. I don't think the big 12 is going to run the table. Anybody in the big 12 is going to run the table. No offense, Kansas, no offense, my alma mater, Oklahoma state, uh, Clemson. I don't think they're going to do it. So I think all those other power fives are going to beat up on each other. So I think the loser of, Michigan, Ohio State gets that four spot. Obviously, if Alabama and Georgia meet in the SEC title game at 12 and 0, winner's number one seed, loser's the number three seed behind the Big Ten champ. No, I, I actually disagree. I actually disagree on on, on what? On, on which one? I think that someone, now I could I could be wrong, but I think that well, number one, I'm assuming that Michigan is gonna get, for lack of a better word, is gonna get its ass kicked by Ohio State. So if they have one loss, right, and they don't go to the Big Ten title. And we just saw Ohio State beat up Michigan. And I think the difference is they just don't have the same edge rush. I think what works against Michigan is everyone just saw, number one, them lose to Ohio State. But then last year, them just get their brains beaten in by Georgia in the first round of the college football playoff. And one of the was boring. Like, it was just, okay, why is Michigan here? So I think that works against them. If they get blown out by Ohio State, on, on the mind of everyone from last year getting blown out by Georgia – I think if you have like a one loss, um, a, a, even a one loss USC, a one that won the Pac-12, a one loss Texas that won the Big 12. I think that if there's another one loss team that's sexy, that's peaking, right? Because we're talking about teams that right. to be peaking at the end and then everyone just saw Michigan and they don't go to a conference championship. Um, I think that they'll drop from there. I think they'll stay there as long as they keep winning. But then I think lose to Ohio State could drop depending on who, but then someone who is like one loss and then wins their conference championship, I think then boom, they jump them. I, I agree. If there's a one loss conference champion, like you mentioned, Texas, Texas already has two losses. I think if Michigan at 11 and one is getting compared to a two loss conference champion, Michigan gets in, but I agree with you a thousand percent. If one loss USC wins the PAC 12, if one loss Utah wins the PAC 12, 12 and one PAC 12 champ, 12 and one, Big 12 champ, 12 and one ACC champ yep. gets in over 11 and one Michigan stuck. I just think, I just think all these teams are going to have two losses. Yeah. Maybe, if that happens, maybe, then, then maybe I'm wrong. Look, I don't want it. And people think, Oh, you're, you're projecting what games you want. Believe me. I don't want to see an all big 10, all sec semifinal. I want other teams in there, but I'm just afraid too many teams are going to beat up each other. No, uh, I, I don't, I don't disagree, but then we, we also have to say, uh, and I don't really want to say it, but um because they will probably lose this weekend. But if Washington beats you <laughs> if Washington beats UCLA, they play Arizona State, Arizona, Cal, Oregon State at home. They get at home. They, and then they play at Oregon. 
And then they finish up with Colorado and Washington State. Like if Washington run, is going to run the table and go to the college football playoffs, should I start looking in the Washington futures? Michael Pinnock's Heisman Trophy futures. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's actually – that's there are some dark horses out there as I go through Washington's schedule here to see where they're going to be like a massive dog from here on out. They won't be. Uh, yeah, I, I know. They're going to be, I see, 12 points against at Oregon. At Oregon is Arizona State. 15-point favorites against Arizona. 10-point favorites down at Cal. Touchdown favorites hosting Oregon State. Plus three at Oregon. You're right. Uh, 30, Minus 55 against Colorado. 30 to Colorado. And then six points in the Apple Cup. I mean, yeah, it's it's extremely possible, but I'm worried about this weekend. If they if they win this weekend, I might I might shop around. Uh, yeah, I mean, the other team, I the other team is getting no love in here. It's TCU. I mean, TCU uh, obliterated SMU. If they beat OU we this weekend, yes, game of the millennium. Yeah, Brett and I did. Brett and I uh, cleaning up this past weekend. But uh, listen, if TCU beats Oklahoma this weekend, they're I mean, they're the way the schedule sets up, they're a shoe in to finish in the top two in the standings and get to that championship game. I'm not saying they're going to do it with one loss or zero losses, but I mean, they could do it with two losses, but they really get into the driver's seat with OU falling to O and two, uh, having two losses in conference. I mean, listen, we thought Kansas state and TCU could challenge. We didn't think Oklahoma and Texas were as strong. Hewers <laughs> Quinn Ewers can't come back fast enough for Texas losing to Texas tech. Uh, that was just a I, that was a complete breakdown by Texas at the end of the game. They had it in hand the entire time. Uh, don't know how much of that is on coaching, how much of that is on Hudson Card. It's or, a fumble. You... They fumbled. That was the game. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you know. it's sick. I have Texas to win the Big Twelve. So at least you know Oklahoma went down, and what Texas hosts TCU. They're gonna have to win. I mean, Texas yeah, can still win the Big Twelve. They, they'd have to beat mm-hmm. Oklahoma, right? And then they they will they, they can. There's still a path, a really easy path for. Texas, but I agree. They need they need yours back. So you got you guys mentioned Washington real quick and give credit to at extra half point on Twitter. I saw this stat. The last six years for Caleb DeBoer, an assistant at Eastern Michigan, assistant at Fresno, assistant at Indiana, head coach at Fresno and Washington, he is 71% against the spread. Do with that what you wish. I mean, the odds makers have never been able to catch up to him whatsoever, no matter where he's been, whether it was Fresno, even Indiana, the year that they won everything. I think they could, they were what? I think they won 11 games against the spread that year they were with Indiana. It's like when Tom Herman used to have that incredible number as an underdog yeah. against right the spread. Up. But then they adjusted. So we'll, we'll I wonder see. what Jimmy Lake is up to these days. <laughs> uh not getting a not getting an analyst job like uh Dan Mullen. <laughs> Hey, um, something else I reported, la- it was last week after our pod, just real quick. Um, do you guys think it's a big deal that, that Bedlam's officially gone? Do you guys hate that? Of course, yeah. I'm biased, but I wonder what non-Oklahoma and Oklahoma State fans think. Yeah, I want I want all of them. I want, I, I, I don't, I don't mind the, whatever, the conference realignment and all this bullshit that's going to, that's just inevitable. But I think that. I were I wish that there was a way that all of these teams that are in-state rivals could keep their rival. Like I want Kentucky Louisville to always be the final game. And that uh, stuck. That's one that could go. That one could go away if the SEC goes to nine nine conference. But games. those are those are you know whatever. Drop a lot tradition. Blah blah blah. Yeah, there, that there's that there. Do think matters a little bit? Uh, I think sometimes like college football purists take it a little too far. 
but as matter some. And then these in-state rivalries are just fun. They're just fun for the sport. They're fun if you live in one of these states. Your your brother goes to the you know Oklahoma. You go to Oklahoma State. Your best friend is a Louisville fan. You're a Kentucky fan. And then the shit talking, the it's just great for the sport. Um, and there's many examples of this. Um, you know, Clemson, South Carolina, want them keep playing. Um, that could go. That could go away. I too. know. Uh, so it doesn't look good for a lot of them. But I Georgia, wish- Georgia Tech could go away. I mean, I, mean, I don't. I don't care about that one. Just, at this point, <laughs> at this point, it's just uh, uh, Georgia minus forty. Um, and it's not like Tech has a great fan base, but. Whatever, yes, that, but that is another I, one. Uh, I, mean, I wish that they would all stay. I'm pretty happy because Arkansas is getting Texas back. That's what I grew up on in the Southwest Conference was Arkansas, Texas, and basketball too. I mean, we were top two teams in football and top two teams in basketball for a really long time. But at the same time, as somebody that lives here in the state of Oklahoma and is not partial to either Oklahoma State or uh, Oklahoma, it's a really it's a really big deal here. And I've heard a lot of people – um, you know, from uh, out west and in the east coast, and and they've taken their time to say this rivalry is meaningless because it's so lopsided. You, if you're in the state of Oklahoma or you're in the Big Eight, Big Twelve territory, this is a really, really big deal because of these two teams. It's all it's ever talked about, not just in football, every single sport. People just run around Tulsa and Oklahoma City and scream bedlam. Right. It doesn't matter if it's baseball. If it's baseball, it's going to be played in the AAA park down in Oklahoma City. If it's wrestling, it happens at the BOK Center in Tulsa. Like Bedlam is such a big deal down to the most minuscule sport you could think of. So it you know, this is one of those in-state rivalries that I don't think should go away. I think they should have found a way to play them. I mean, I'm not an athletic director and I don't make schedules and I don't look at the financials, but. I would assume that you would want to keep a game like that on your schedule, even out of conference, just. Forget playing everybody else for recruiting purposes. You need to own your state. For and I don't think Oklahoma's ever scared of losing anybody. They get who they want anywhere they want. But this is one of those that I think should stay on the schedule. The reason it's very simple, and you know, people can blame whoever they want. It's very simple. All these games that Stuck referenced, the you reference, Colin, they could be played going forward with one simple adjustment. The schools would have to play eleven Power Five opponents. They will not do that. They will only play nine conference games and then one power five non-conference game. And that those games are scheduled out 15 years. So until everyone can get together and agree, okay, maybe the 12 team playoff will bring some of these games back because you don't have to only lose one game and have a shot to get to the playoff. You know, let's hope so, because yeah, it's, it's a mess. The good news is one, one monster rivalry is not going away. The Shula bowl, Florida International and Florida Atlantic will be in different conferences next year. They have signed a four-year extension for that brouhaha oh, down Can't in South wait. Florida. Yeah, stuck. So thank God. I know, I know that's a big game for you. I can finally exhale. Hopefully, Florida International have uh, have uh, shoulder pads for that game, and they can cover a spread of thirty-eight. <laughs> they are they are horrendous. So moving on, uh, you know, we've done some bold projections here, and you know, we've given up a couple of long shots. I mean, Washington and TCU have good paths. Uh, and those are two conferences, you know, that they could absolutely cannibalize each other. But, you know, there's <laughs> the Big 12 and Pac-12 are very much set up for some underdogs to uh, make it to the championship game from preseason expectations. Moving on to the Heisman. Is this C.J. Stroud's to win now, guys? You, yes. We're all all three of us are Heisman voters. I, I can't see a world where C.J. Stroud, if healthy 
And if he continues to put up 60% of what he just put up against Wisconsin's defense, that who is who is jumping this guy? Yeah, we, we basically Brad had a great run and he yes, he went six and zero last week, but we Dude, uh, it's not o- it's not over. I think we we crushed it's not the, over, man. Bennett. I mean, you look, don't, he played, you don't he, award the Heisman in, in freaking September stuff. He had zero touchdowns and one interception ma- against it Penn matter. State. It doesn't matter. Stroud's and not going to lose beat- either. Is what I'm saying is he's never going to okay. catch Stroud. That's it. Well, like okay. you got to hope Stroud loses, and he's Stroud's going to put up numbers every week, no matter what. And Stetson Bennett, and if you look, if you look actually at some of the underlying metrics, like Stetson Bennett has like the if you look at like separation. Of D backs, like easy, like there's he's just making like simple throws to guys that are wide open, dude. And, hey, uh, dude, I guarantee, I guarantee 99.9% of the Heisman voters have no idea what you're talking about. Yes, but I can tell you that <laughs> they know <laughs> they that he had one interception loss. and no touchdown against Kent State. And this, maybe they don't even know that stat line, but the sentiment out there after this weekend, Bennett is never going to be able to put up numbers to surpass Stroud if Stroud just keeps winning, as we all expect him to do. And Stroud will just – I think that gap will keep going like this. And I also think that, you know, uh, Georgia played the, – the, their first game against Oregon, they just – brilliant game plan, everything went well. They played Sanford, they won 33 nothing. You know, they played South Carolina, was missing eight defensive starters. Okay, and then you, you're, like, struggling against Kent State. Okay, well, it's only going to get harder from here on out. And – so he, you're right. That's exactly why he's got a shot. He's still got fl- the back half of the season, Florida, Tennessee, at Mississippi State, at Kentucky, and then Alabama in the SEC title game. Again, if Georgia's 13-0. and And I hate to break it, Georgia's not going 13-0 and after what I saw this weekend. And uh, I'm, I'm, making, I'm st- sticking my claim Georgia loses at Mississippi State. Wow. Yep. Colin, do you agree? Uh, well, I mean, that's uh, pretty no, – no, no, no. Give me an answer. No, I, I at this point, no, I don't agree. I mean, I'm welcome. I, I the whole thing with Kent, I think, was more on Georgia than it was on Kent. They're sleepwalking. They don't yeah. care about that game. Yeah, you know, well, they should. They've had one. Ohio they've had, State. They've, well, then they, they they don't care about Bennett Heisman. Ohio State cared about Toledo and put up eighty on okay. a, a Toledo <laughs> team that held Collins, San Diego State, Aztecs, their explosive offense to ten. They're electric and vertical. Get it right. They're not. I didn't say explosive. They're electric and vertical. Uh, I, I mean, listen. We got Stetson Bennett, and Brett's argument is that we've still got November to play. We've still got a conference championship game to play. I think it's down to to four people. Uh, I don't think Penix is really realistic. You know, Jalen Daniels at Kansas is not realistic. I think it's down to Stroud. Jalen Daniels wins it if Kansas goes undefeated. Yeah, yeah, that's a big if. That's not going to happen. So I think it's down to Stroud, Bennett, Caleb Williams, and Bryce Young. That's who. That's the. That's my. I would say, if somebody would offer me. Your winner's going to come out of that that four. It'd probably be minus a thousand, but that's the Heisman winner will come out of the, those four. Way to go out on a limb. I'm saying it's Stroud, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> well, I'm saying it's not Stroud. It's, I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not Stroud. I'm not saying you just it's told not me he's in minus thousand in the group. Right. No. Right. I know. But you look at the back half of Ohio State's schedule at Penn State, at Northwestern, they're horrible. Indiana, at Maryland, Michigan. They don't have the high-profile games, so obviously he will build up a lot of numbers getting into that. But again, Heisman voters now, they will literally look at the last two weeks of the season and decide who they're going to vote for for the Heisman. Like some guys now are saying Brock Bowers needs to get it for Georgia. Well, he's not going to have, you know, 75-yard touchdowns every week. If he does, he'll win it. But when we get to back to November, 
the Heisman voters have very short memories, and I'm not saying that's right, but uh, you know, we'll see, Stuck. You've you've got two predictions on here. Matt will rack them up. All right, Stroud, we'll... Stroud wins the Heisman and George loses at Mississippi State. Yes. Uh absolutely and... no love for Adrian Martinez in this room. No. Um, and by the way, team futures, <laughs> yeah, he completed one pass the first three weeks. Um, team futures, this might sound crazy, but I'm and I'm, I'm gonna dig into it before next week. Uh, I was thinking of this morning about USC. <laughs> oh man, you've gone to the dark Look, side. I was thinking that with their path, but the biggest thing that I saw, and also saw, I right? want to bet on a team that cannot just get there. Like USC could outscore anybody, right? Like right. we, if they got there with that offense, now we've seen it not work with Lincoln Riley in the past at Oklahoma, but I don't think Alabama and I don't and Georgia like showed some cracks. This I don't know. They, they they still aren't as dominant as I think, you know, as they were like last year, for example. So if USC can get there, do I think that they could win it? I don't not not necessarily think, but it's based on odds and probabilities. But I, their defense showed me improvement, like real improvement against Oregon State. Like it was a legit sieve up until that game, and their defense played. I was digging into some of the, their defense played really well and just watching it. So I think that their defense could be improved. They still have a ton of turnover regression coming, but I don't know. What are they out there? Like, I, if they run the table, they're getting in at the fourth. They could even get in with one loss, 20 to one out there, I think. I might dabble. What's up, USC Nation? I've always been on your side. Fight on. <laughs> It'd be a great, uh, great hedge play. I just know the highlight, of my, story. the highlight of my career was Saturday night. I put out a Twitter poll because nobody got the Pac 12 network. And I said, Do you guys want me to, to tweet play by play or just um up, update on the scores and more than 50 percent wanted play-by-play so i literally <laughs> tweeted out every play-by-play the next day i noticed i lost like 200 twitter followers so i guess not everybody was a big fan of that yeah i, I didn't really i didn't realize how many people didn't get the pac-12 network it was kind of yeah. scary actually because these are big time college football fans you know that are that are following us and and um i was very surprised well, it's not only that, it's your it's your cable provider. Like I have AT&T DirecTV and they just don't have any way for you to purchase Pac-12 Network. And so, you know, you have to go steal somebody else's password, stream it on a device that doesn't, you know, already cooked up to your cable stuff. And then you can throw it mm-hmm. on your TV. I mean, it's a it's a chore. I mean, I, the Pac-12 is just so out of whack. They don't even know how to get eyeballs in front of their biggest game of the year. So tough on them. All right, let's move to our... I think our new favorite segment on the show, which is what, what are we calling this? Stump the sources stumper. The sources stumper. Yeah, we still don't have a good name for it. I'll, I'll I know we, you, you know, if you guys call us on the voicemail, let us know. You're right, Colin. It's now time for America's favorite game show. We're calling this the sources stumper. Still hoping for a better name. It may sound easy, but it will test your head and your mind and your brain. There go. I don't claim to be no 36 ACT now. Checking out the leaderboard, Stucky, you're up two to nothing. Colin, you will go first this week. And remember, no no Googling. Stuck, I did vote Kansas on my AP Top 25 ballot, but the Jayhawks did not get ranked. Kansas has not been ranked since 2009. That is the longest streak among Power 5 schools. My question is, two-parter this week, a lot of points out there, what four schools after Kansas, Power Five schools, have the longest droughts of not being ranked in the AP poll? 
Colin, your first one quick question. Do you guys want to play make it, take it if you get one right or you just alternate all the way through? Make it, take it. Okay, so Colin, you're up. The four schools after can power five. Wait, you can schools. get all four now. If yeah, well, we've got two parts of this. Yeah, don't make it take it, Colin. <laughs> I'm behind. So you, this is you, wait. There's four of them. If you get one, you get to go. You get one more guess, but you can't go. That's okay, it. Okay, no more than two in a row. Yeah. Okay, Colin, you're up. All right, and and, and power let me five review. schools. Power five schools. How long it's been since they've been ranked? No, you know I don't need how long. I need the four schools with the longest droughts not being ranked in the top twenty-five in history or right now, currently. Since currently, currently, currently. Okay. Currently, current longest streaks after Kansas. Colin, you're up. Oh boy, Rutgers. That's correct. That's correct. You got one more, one more guess, then Stucky goes. All right. Give me uh, Arizona. Wrong. You're wrong, Colin. You got one point there, Stucky. Was it wasn't uh, Arizona ranked? Well, what's his name? Was there your boy? Someone. Yeah. No, your boy. That who's who? Who was the the running? Richard. Richard. Khalil Tate. Oh, I think they were ranked down. Uh, Richard. Yep. I'm gonna go. Miss them so bad. The obvious one is Vandy. Correct. Actually, their their streak. They were ranked in. The final poll in 2014. Yeah. They're actually they're actually fifth on the list. Rutgers is third. So we've got the second longest streak and the fourth longest streak. Danny was ranked in 2014? Yeah, the end of the end of the 2013 regular season. Final poll of 2013 regular season. Um after the after the bowl game. Sorry. Stuck, you got one more guess. And then I'm gonna go uh Illinois. Wow, two for two. Second longest streak. They have not been ranked since 2011. Colin, one more to go. One more to go. Um, do I get, can I just talk? I know it's not Northwestern. No, I don't you can talk. talk it out. I can't talk okay. it out. He's not gonna let well, me talk. Just, it out. Uh, just tell, you talk. I'm not gonna say anything. You can just you give me. Yes, you know. Um, this one's not as obvious as the other ones. I'll just put it that way. Power Five school. How about Boston College? That is not correct. Stucky, you're up. I think I know it. And I think that the reason it was asked is that it's, I'm in Brett's. I'm going to try to get in Brett's brain here a little bit. No, I'll tell you why the question was asked because of Kansas. I thought Kansas would be ranked this week. Okay. Well, you just, I kept I kept the question anyway. Well, I'm going with this answer because this is my line of thinking. Okay. Is that you were just talking about doing play-by-play for Oregon State, USC, and I can't remember the last time Oregon State was ranked, so I'm going to go Oregon State. Man, Stucky. Stucky with the win. Wow. <laughs> wow. That was right, Oregon State? August 17th, 2013. Fourth that was my flaw thinking, but then I was like, I can't remember when Oregon State was last ranked. So, Stuck, current leaderboard. Stucky, you're five. Colin, you're one. Colin, good news. We've got a second part real quick. Okay. Kansas had has the ninth longest streak. There are eight group of five schools that have longer AP top 25 droughts. This time, no make it, take it. Once you guys get two wrong, it's over because this would take probably an hour. So I'm looking for group of five schools with the eight current longest droughts from being ranked in the AP top 25. Colin, you're up. UMass. No, they haven't been around long enough. Um. Next. <laughs> Dude, uh, sorry. They haven't they can't have a long drought if they haven't played football that long. New Mexico. No. All right, it's over. 
New Mexico. No, State. you you each get two wrong. So no, no, hold on, take that back. New Mexico State was they were in a bowl. They're fine. Uh, let me go Florida International. Nope, man, you guys are gonna strike out here. I may have to uh, give you an extra guess. Stuck. I'm gonna go North Texas. The longest AP top 25 drought in the country, North Texas. They have not been ranked since 1959. Colin, how is that possible? You, you can go one. You can go one more. I'll give you one more miss. I was gonna say UConn. No, they were ranked. They haven't been. They haven't played long enough. What? All right, Stuck. You you finished. You can you get one more right, then we'll I'll give you the rest of the answers. South Alabama. No. You guys want to go quick? We'll do one UTEP. more. UTEP. Yes, no, number no. eight. Okay, Stuck. One more guess. Law Tech. No. Ball State. No. Okay, that's it. Um, you're gonna be pissed, Colin. Number two, New Mexico State. Oh, has not been. They made has not been. Has not been ranked since 1960. Number three, Rice, not mm. ranked since 1960. Now we have a huge gap. Wyoming, not been ranked since 1998. Tulane has what? not been ranked since going undefeated in 1998. Yep. They should have made what, a BCS. What were they ranked that year, Stuck? Seven. Remember real quick? Seven. Very, that's seven. right, seven. Uh, the last two, Sean Max King was the quarterback. Yes, he was. Uh, last two, Maxion. Miami, Ohio has not been ranked since 2003, and Bowling Green has not been ranked since 2004. Rothbard. So, updated standing, Stucky six, all in one until next week. Thanks yeah. for playing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, now we give Colin two, six two, because he got one of the number. He got UTEP, and then he got one of the four Rutgers. Correct. Yep. My bad. Six two. See, I'm always looking out for you, Colin. I'm getting smoked. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, at least somebody is. Stumped uh, by so sources. We, so I was 1-0 and on my For the Road pick last week. I don't know how you guys did. What, how'd you do? I think I lost mine, I assume. <laughs> you had two, Stuck. You had Georgia State, and I forgot your other one. I probably lost. No, I think it was UTEP. You went 1-1. One one. Oh, yeah, that was Yeah, Georgia State yeah. and UTEP. Yeah. Who'd, yep. you, who'd you have, Colin? Do you remember? In what? One for, for the, the road. road last week. Our last, our Who was second. your early pick? Oregon State. Okay, so yeah. – Collectively, we went three and one. That's positive. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, one for the road. You guys want to go first? Yeah. I'll start off. I'll, I'll I'll be the weekday guy here. I'm gonna go. This is scary, but I'm gonna go Boise State minus six against San Diego State. It's a disaster in Boise right now, but they brought in their – every Boise State fan is, like, so happy now. They brought in Dirk Cutter <laughs> as the offensive coordinator, like, start saved the program, like, launched them into relevancy back in 98 to 2000. He just I – mean, I don't know how much they're paying him or what he's doing, but it can't be any worse than Tim Plow. Hank Backmeyer has transferred, I think, getting this kid green in there. The offense is going to look different. San Diego State's not going to know what to expect. There's, like, a rejuvenated feeling. And San Diego State's offense is horrendous, horrendous. They can't do anything. They can't, especially can't pass the ball. And Boise this year, you can't run on them. So I think Boise in front of like a hyped crowd, buying low on them here with Cutter. I don't know how much you can do in six days, but uh, I'm going to take Boise for my the week. I'll give out a weekday game here every week. So um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot into Arkansas, and it's not you know, trust me, it's not Homer <laughs> bias since I've been picking against them every week, but. 
This is a number that I make around like 13. I think SP plus makes this 15. So once we get over 17, you know, it's not that key, but it is a key number. I mean, I'm seeing 17 halves out there on the board. So I think the second we get done recording here on Monday night, I'm going to lay into the number for one unit and see how it plays out this week. Maybe I'll play more later at 18, 19. If it steams that I don't think it's going to steam. I think it's going to catch some action at some point, but Arkansas should be focused in this game. They played terrible in a lot of parts, but what I did see against Texas A&M, Razorbacks moved the ball up and down the field. They yeah. had a ton of drives get into scoring position just because Cam Little clips the top of the, uh, you know, of the field goal post. And just because, you know, KJ Jefferson thinks from four yards out that he can jump like Michael Jordan in a slam dunk competition <laughs> and make it all the way into the end zone. And then we're having handoffs to run a touchdown back. You know, I believe in that 70% post-game win expectancy for Arkansas. I don't think the power – I actually marked them up a half point in my power ratings. Same. Yeah, so I, I'm going to take Arkansas. I'll take the 17. And Colin's hot. He, he missed his first couple Arkansas games. He got one right. Yeah, I did the money line. <laughs> Come on, get, no more money line picks. Um, it's this. It, it's, the, it's this right here. It's the – it's the yeah. – I wore the neck Change the mojo. Did you buy a Harley? Uh, my pick, this is dangerous. Uh, I don't really consider it maxion because it's played on a Saturday. It's not played on a Tuesday night. I'm going under Central Michigan, Toledo, under 59. Uh, Stucky, you've talked about this. Toledo's got one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the MAC because it's conference play coming off some tough non-conference games. I think the points won't get up to the number. I'll take under 59 for my one for the road. And um, hey, guys. I don't mind that either. Toledo's offensive line is destroyed within okay. games. Well, I like that then. like that even better. Uh, so I hope to go 2-0 and on my early picks. And hey, our audio director, Matt, has just handed me the winning review for this week. It's a five-star review from listener Jasmund, J-A-S-M-U-D-10. So please email podcast at actionnetwork.com to claim your prize. The review is short, so I'll just read it here. Here's what Jasmine 10's comment was, quote, did Stucky have plastic surgery or is that just his face, end quote. Unfortunately, it's just my face. It's a beautiful face if if he thinks you had plastic surgery. No Botox sadly, needed sadly, for you. I have, right? a, I have a face built for a podcast. That's why we're, we're here <laughs> for the podcast. Unfortunately, it's the professional camera equipment that we have that makes us look so beautiful. He's got a quality ring light. Love it. Well, that's going to do it for us. College football week five, the new BCS, Brett, Collins, Stucky. A couple of picks for the road, a little bit of Heisman talk. And, of course, I got slammed on stump the stumped by sources. That would be me. Join us next week. Stucky and I will be back at the end of the week uh, to give you more picks on the BBOC podcast. Talk to you then.